And I thought, I'd like my business to be useful beyond just more. And that's when we started kind of digging into how can we get this culture going? I wrote out some core values, threw them on the wall, and nobody did raise them. A year later, we kind of retooled it where I asked the whole company what their personal values were. Because oftentimes people have great personal values, but struggle bringing them into the workplace. So I got their values and Jeff and I and a few others kind of bucketed them. And we came out with six guiding principles, being the marketer that we were. We kind of rebranded them from being core values to guiding principles to guide our decisions. And when we did that and really started focusing on the business culture, sales, innovation, happiness factor at work, all of those things just took off. And the next thing you know, we're at 12 million, 16 million, 25 million, 40 million, 60 million, 100 million. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an incredible guest lined up for you today. This is a man who grew a company from nothing to $100 million in sales. He is a guru when it comes to creating incredible cultures that people love to be a part of. And he is the author of the brand new book, Principles to Fortune. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Scott Bentz. Welcome to the show, Scott. Uh, hey, Nikki. Uh, nice to be here. A couple of points. I didn't do that. The people of Real Truck did. So nice. I was just along for the ride. Nice, 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 nice. Well, welcome to the show, brother. Listen, the people listening to this show primarily are entrepreneurs. Most of them are solopreneurs, like coaches and consultants, and they're really interested in how to grow their business. They look to you as our expert to share your wisdom, your knowledge on how you did it in your life and in your business. So they want to know your backstory, man. Tell us your story. How'd you get to be the great Scott Bentz? Well, uh, I was cooking because that's what you do when your mom's a waitress. And I thought there probably had to be a better gig than cooking. And so I enrolled in college at Minot State. And um, I'd always kind of been doing different things from, you know, my first car I bought mowing lawns all summer and kind of had a little lawn business and little greeting cards door to door and was always kind of trying to figure out creative ways to uh, make a little cash. And, uh, but I wound up, a, a friend of mine, he asked me if I was going to college. And I said, no, uh, I don't think I'm smart enough. And because I didn't do the best in high school, he said, he kind of gave me perspective on it. He said, why not? College can't be too hard. Too many people have done it. He said, Scott, if you wanted to be an astronaut, there's like a hundred of them. I'd be, yeah, that might be a little harder, but going to college, not that hard. Too many people have done it. And it kind of changed my perspective on it. And then in college, 
I was working in National Guard and always kind of I tried to start a coffee shop at the uh, Student Union. This is the early 90s uh, when you could still get a free cup of coffee at your local gas station. <laughs> and uh, and so uh, maybe a little early there, but I got out of college and uh, got a job with uh, a cellular carrier, carrier during the big cellular boom. And I thought that was, I was kind of amazed. And one of the things we did, I won this national award because we were discounting the cost of the cell phone to sell more of them. So that we would, out of our own pocket, we discount the phone because, of course, the money's in the service. And we blew the, the commission and bonus structure. And I got my first corporate slap in the face, which was I got this award. And then, like, a month later... I was demoted and the commission's bonus structure was totally revamped since we'd kind of figured out how to manipulate it. Anyway, but during that time, I'd started a side company called Cellular World selling cellular uh, accessories because the carriers like AT&T Wireless at that time really didn't have a lot of cell accessories. And, uh, and it seemed like so I'd have my corporate hat on uh, to sell them the phone and service. And then I'd put my home entrepreneur hat on and sell them accessories and antennas and that kind of thing for their brick phone or their flip phone or their bag phone. Anyway, that corporate flap in the face caused me to get a job for a little manufacturer that made a pickup cover during this. So I was learning how to set up dealers for this company. And uh, I did that for a few years. And I asked the owner, I said, hey, I want to do bigger things and just be a salesperson and set up dealers. I'd like to set up a manufacturer's rep firm in the Northwest where I set up dealers for your product along with more other manufacturers like you. One call, hitch 15 products kind of deal. And so that kind of started. And during this process, how Real Truck began was in 98, I bought my first item from staples.com. It came to my home office. That time, the company had Northwest reps, had myself and a couple of employees. We called on pickup accessory dealers in the Pacific Northwest. I thought it was really cool. Um, and I thought, what if we put a video online on a website? Could we sell this pickup cover? That's going back to the company that kind of gave me my start in pickup accessories that made the access roll-up cover. And I had a buddy that was going to school for web development. He needed a little extra cash. I needed a web developer. And so Real Truck was born. There's a lot of obstacles in there that we overcame, but essentially that's what happened. That's how Real Truck, it was kind of a hobby business. And I, I didn't do it to create Real Truck, a mega e-commerce superstore. I created Real Truck to show brick and mortar stores why they needed to sell online. And I was terribly unsuccessful at that. I could not convince my brick and mortar customer accounts, all of these truck accessory stores in the Pacific Northwest that they should sell online, they were way too focused on their right now business. And if I was able to convince someone, they would put whoever had the least amount of authority in their business in charge of it. And um, it usually didn't pan out for them. But real truck kind of kept growing. And next thing you know, it went from a hobby business to now we're at a million dollars in sales and two million. And and uh, started having people fly in to buy real truck. And then when we were about 8 million in sales, I kind of got burned out on the business because it seemed like endless pursuit of more, like more sales, more. It was cool, all the stuff we'd done. I mean, here, 
from a basement, multi-million dollar sales, had employees, products, were becoming respected in our industry and all of those things. And that was really cool, that side of it. But it seemed like we were just like, just in pursuit of more, more sales, more employees, more uh, parts, more, 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 more with no purpose. I kind of got sidetracked where I started doing dirt track racing. And we, at that point is when we kind of took a step back and Jeff Van Lanningham came on board, who was a friend of mine from college. And he said, hey, Scott, stop looking at yourself as a, uh, a uh, pickup accessory store that sells online. You need to look at yourself as the e-commerce company that happens to sell truck accessories and follow e-commerce companies. And learn from them. And that's what we kind of started doing. One of them we ran across was Zappos. Here, Tony Shea, you know, he's an Ivy Leaguer, started with a lot of money, but created a business that a billion dollars, sold a billion dollars worth of shoes online and was having a good time doing it. And I thought, I'd like my business to be useful beyond just more. And that's when we started kind of digging into how can we get this culture going? I wrote out some core values, threw them on the wall, and nobody would raise them. A year later, we kind of retooled it, where I asked the whole company what their personal values were, because oftentimes people have great personal values, but struggle bringing them into the workplace. So I got their values, and Jeff and I and a few others kind of bucketed them, and we came out with six guiding principles, being the marketer that we were. We kind of rebranded them from being core values to guiding principles to guide our decisions. And when we did that and really started focusing on the business culture, sales, innovation, happiness factor at work, all of those things just took off. And the next thing you know, we're at 12 million, 16 million, 25 million, 40 million, 60 million, 100 million. It was a very exciting scene. And we we're on a mission to make people's lives and vehicles better. So we we're doing some really cool stuff with our customers, our partners, and our employees. Anyway, that's, I sold a uh, real truck and kind of like trying to figure out what my second act is. So I created a company called Redheaded Rebel and we do a broad, we have some, we have a coffee brand and we uh, also have a RHR swag, which is a racing site for uh, racing parts. And then uh, decided with some pushing from friends uh, to write a book, Principles of Fortune, and kind of been on this mission now to, you know, hey, what can we do to make business better? There's good corporate America and there's bad corporate America, but kind of like, what can we do for the, to help the average everyday entrepreneur like me, you know, didn't go to an Ivy League school and doesn't have access to a bunch of resources. What can we do to help average everyday entrepreneurs make their business better? And that's kind of why I wrote the book and uh, it seems to have a little bit of traction. So that's kind of where we're at today. We're still kind of, trying to figure out what's next, but I think uh, we're on the right track. So Scott, that's a heck of a story. Like, so there's, there's a lot to unpack there. So number one, you're not your typical Ivy League guy. You're, you're, you're a regular guy who happened to be an entrepreneur who had some success, burned out, and then you hit on a big idea. And your big idea was that you needed to create a culture that made people happy to go to work. And you mentioned Tony Shea and Zappos. They did that, right? That's a big reason they grew so fast. 
And there's a friend of mine here named Tony Guerreri. He, he was one of the earliest guests on my podcast, first 10 people, right? Now we're, you know, over 112 episodes that have already gone live. Tony had this idea. You're the third really successful entrepreneur I know who's taken this and made it a real part of what you do. I'm personally interested in this because what I want to create with my company, eCircle, is I want to create 3,000 coaches and consultants who make at least a million dollars a year. Done it for three people. I only have 2,997 more to go. Small number, right? right? No big deal. But I know that if it's just about me doing it, it ain't going to happen. It's got to be the kind of place that attracts a certain kind of person to want to work with us as clients, as well as people to be a part of our team. So I'm really interested in how you hit upon this idea and how you manage to execute it so effectively. Can you delve into that for me and unpack that more? Well, I think some of it was just, you know, the, the one's pursuit of purpose and meaning. So when we're 8 million in sales and I get people calling me to buy the company and wasn't sure what I wanted to do, I didn't want my legacy to be through dumb luck. I started an internet company and I got rich. Aren't you all happy for me? I wanted it to have more meaning and more purpose. And I also thought that I started really, everybody's wired differently, right? So, I mean, like in uh, good to great, you learn about, hey, you want to get the right people on the bus and the right seats. Or in real truck case, it was right people in the truck and the right seats. Nice. And, you know, sometimes when it, you look at like doing great things, you think that that's saved for the, you know, the Elon Musk's of the world and uh, uh, some of these people that really do have done revolutionary things. And what we did was just being average people, everyday people from North Dakota created a rev really great thing by really trying to implement our guiding principles into the culture. And what we did is we focused on one for uh, two months exclusively. We didn't put them on the wall because we wanted people doing them rather than uh, having them on the wall. And we started asking questions like, our first guy in principle is deliver more. And we started asking questions like, how are we not delivering more to our customers? Where are we not even status quo? Where can we deliver more? What can we do to uh, enhance our customers' experience? And we started asking those questions throughout the entire company and getting the feedback back and then, which a lot of those things that people shared are in the book, Principles of Fortune, which in, after I published it, the feedback I've gotten is that, that this is book has hundreds of ideas to improve a big business, but I, wasn't, I didn't share the story in that, that context. But anyway, well, then we would ask the same questions with, you know, where are we not delivering more to our employees? Where are we not status quo? Where can, how can we deliver more to our employees? How can we, you know, it's kind of started with this question and answer period and then pooling the feedback and starting to execute on some of those things. And some really cool stuff started to develop, you know, like uh, with employees, we started giving the kids of real trucks, uh, kids, a $10, uh, a card that said, Hey, you know, we appreciate your mom, dad, whoever working at real truck and happy birthday. Here's Tony you know, wanted to let you know you're awesome, here's 10 bucks. 
you know, those kind of things that kind of came out of some of those conversations and feedback. Easy to do, uh, and but have big impact when the families of the people working at a company also like the company. And with our customer, you know, the greatest way to build a business with your uh, mission to 3,000 is do a really good job of taking care of your existing customers, you know, in the aspect. We tend to do a lot of marketing was instead of, hey, buy this and get this, we tended to, once someone did buy something with us, we would try to surprise them with a memorable experience, send them some fuzzy, you know, the perfect gift is something you'd like to have, but you don't want to spend your money on it, you know, like fuzzy dice or in the case of real uh, trucks, you know, having some fuzzy dice on the rear view mirror. But, um, and so it was kind of a slow process. And as the other thing is at the manager's meetings, I asked everybody, all the managers, there's nine at the time was to shout out someone in their department for delivering more cite an example of it, and then also to shout out one person from outside their department for delivering more. I would take that information and produce a video and share it with the company so you would see living, breathing examples of what killing status quo and delivering more actually mean, whether it's around a customer, a business partner, or a um, fellow employee. That was kind of how, how it started, and then we were always kind of reassessing and asking those kind of questions of, you know, but it always started with questions, always. Simple questions like, what we, what can we do to deliver more to each other? You know, oftentimes in a company, if you ask a company or pull a company and say, hey, what's broken? Everybody will point out other departments that are broken. And with uh, real truck, when we would ask questions, oftentimes 80% of the answers would be, come back of what other people could do. And so we started rewriting the questions of what can I do? I, Scott Vance, do to deliver more to my coworkers. What can I do to deliver more to our business partners or whatever it happens to be? The six guiding principles were transparency rocks, improve, which is about growing and learning, take risks. I'm a risk taker, but a lot of people aren't. So we wanted to empower people to take risks. Include fun because it only takes a minute to add fun to a meeting, a website, you know, and also uh, finally to be humble that we should accept responsibility uh, for things uh, that go sideways and pass on credit for our successes to those who help create them. That was kind of the spirit. And once it started going, it was it was just amazing to watch it just continue to develop. I used to always bitch that. Nothing ever got done without me being directly involved and what, which is a half truth. Some of that was how, uh, because uh, people were scared to make decisions. And some of that was my personality and some of it was, you know, and folks not being empowered. But what started to happen is all sorts of cool stuff started to happen without me being involved. I'd come in one day and the next thing we're doing rock star welcomes for a vendor visit where one of our partners came to visit and the whole office stood up and applauded them when they walked into the building like they're a rock star. That'll make you smile. You know, the next day I'd come in and there'd be a banner on the front page that would say, well, we sell bacon and, accept- and truck accessories and we're all out of bacon. <laughs> on our, you know, our hiring and, you know, we kind of like, 
we started to adopt where we hired and rewarded and recognized by our guiding principles. And um, it was just amazing to see some of the things that, you know, in accounting, if someone would save the company money, they'd have a bean counter award that they prayed out in a little parade and give it to them. And, you know, just all of these really cool things started to happen. And, you know, our, our holiday parties, which sometimes can be stuffy and boring, became kick-ass. You know, it was just, it was a lot of fun watching it happen. Not, and again, I don't mean to describe this perfect, like everything was perfect. We Part of the improved process is that we, res, you know, we're going to embrace ongoing change. And, and it may, we may be going the wrong way, but if we're all going the wrong way, we'll find out sooner and we can turn around. And that just because we did it this way today doesn't mean we're going to do it that way tomorrow. You know, we need to always be asking why we're doing what we're doing. And the answer can't be because someone told me. We need to know why we're doing things. And, and oftentimes, uh, you know, great, like going citing the book, uh, Good to Great Again, is that great companies have more stop doing lists than start doing lists. And we just decided that we're going to try to be good, really, 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 really good, better than anyone in our space. And there are a few things. One was customer service. And the other was being, you know, ultimately kind of being a genuine company where we wanted to always answer our phones and we wanted to, again, manage expectations. So if we knew, we drop shipped everything. So we didn't touch a single product, but we knew the data behind how soon things would ship. And if some of our competitors, say, for example, something would ship in two days, they might list it one day on their website to get the business. Now, if something shipped, we knew shipped in two days, we'd put three days. So we always kept our word and shipped sooner than expected. But what that did was, if it ships when it's supposed to, you just think it's supposed to ship in three days. But if it ships a day early, you it creates a memorable experience that, hey, this ships sooner. And when we would contact someone and write them a postcard and let them know they're awesome or send them fuzzy dice or call them after the sale and say, hey, wanted to send you a shirt, what's your size, or whatever it happened to be where we tried to just do things to create a memorable experience for our customers after the sale, I think you get your customers talking about you and you're going to grow. Uh, particularly if it's where you've created a memorable experience, whether it's a joke, whether it's a, you know, a lot of our postcards were funny postcards that we would mail out to customers that, you know, thanked them for their order and it would have some joke on the front of it um, that would get you to laugh like the bacon and truck accessories ad. I love that one, man. I love that because here's what I'm going to say about that. I think that what you're doing with that brings a bit of levity into the situation. And because it brings a bit of levity into the situation, the customer thinks you're real people. They don't think they're dealing with some faceless behemoth, right? They're dealing with real people, and they like that. There's some authenticity there. Heck, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal that, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, hey, at our company, we sell, we sell steaks and live workshops, and we're plumb out of steaks, man. That's great. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, some of the stuff, you know, when you get the whole company behind it, you know, you'd have, uh, we'd have ads running for 30% off hovercraft trucks. And then our visitor badges would say, I'm not saying I'm Batman. I'm just saying no one's ever seen Batman and I together in the same room. 
Nice. Those challenges, like all of that kind of stuff, like you I just see that started to develop throughout the company, even in accounting, which uh, often accounting tends to be more boring. No, more I'm just kidding. <laughs> more proper, but that was the environment. I mean, if you weren't okay with someone coming to work in clown shoots or a cave, uh, real truck wasn't going to be a good place to work for you at that time. It sounds amazing. And listen, I love accounts. I worked in accounting for a couple of years of my career, but uh, they're, they're, all, they're not always known for being the guys who let their hair down. And, and, and rightly so. They're dealing with some serious stuff. But I love what you had to say about, you know, not being ready to take the credit. Give the credit to your team. Take the blame on yourself. You know, uh, President Ronald Reagan once said, it's amazing what you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit. And I think that's very true. You know, when we rolled out the guiding principle, be humble, that was one of the quotes that went with it. Good uh, stuff, good man. Song. Yeah. Good you know, stuff. Gonna... Great minds think alike, eh? Yes. No, that's awesome. You know, like on the be humble thing, and some of the questions is to touch about that. You know, how do you get a company full of people that are catching each other, doing things right and shouting them out for it? And that came from the guy in principle, be humble. So, you know, some of those questions would be like, when was the last time I passed credit to someone else or a team for something that we did? Uh, how many times a day do I compliment someone? When's the last time I happily did something, helped someone or volunteered to help that wasn't my job. When was the last time I complimented a work, a coworker? When was the last time I complimented my boss or reports? What are three things I can do to make uh, my job easier or better for the next person? You know, those kind of questions really prompt, you know, thinking and like all things, if you want a hundred Christmas cards or holiday cards, you better, you better send out 200. Makes sense, so man. Um, anyway, this yeah, really makes saying, sense. He, I, I like how you think. I like what you've done here. And it, it, it blows me away how humble you are about your success. I mean, it's not a lot of guys I know who've made $100 million. That's a pretty rarefied club in sales. And there's not a lot of guys I know who are so matter-of-fact about it and, and really put all the credit at the feet of their people and not themselves. So kudos to you, man, and kudos to the great company culture that you built. So this book sounds like it's very valuable for anyone who's in business to grab a hold of, especially if they're thinking of building any size of team. Most of the people listening to this podcast have either you know, no teams or small teams, but I think the message is an important and powerful one. And listener, if you're listening to this podcast, you need to get a hold of Scott's book, Principles to Fortune. And I recommend that you not only buy the book, but that you buy multiple copies, five, 10 copies, hand it out to your friends, hand it out to your clients, hand it out to the people you care about, because this is going to make a big difference for them. Scott, you've got an amazing story. And I'm really, really pleased that you've chosen to come on our podcast and grace us with your presence and with your knowledge and your wisdom. We like to end off every single podcast with three expert action steps from our guest expert, which in this case is you. So what are your three 
expert action steps that you recommend our listener take on to enhance their life and their business? I think one of the things that kind of helped me, I, I tend to be a binge reader. And one of the kind of the greatest things I did was I went on a, a binge read where I read one of the things that greatly affected Real Truck was I read Good to Great by Jim Collins, Tribal Leadership, Peak by Chip Conley, where great companies get their mojo. And then, of course, Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea. And those kind of books inspired me. And I think my new book, Principles of Fortune, I'd suggest you add to that list because it kind of actually tells you how to actually do it. And I think for the average business. So it's go out there and learn however you got to learn, whether it's uh, listening to podcasts such as this or whether it's but learning's huge just to keep the the water flow current. I think the next action is, is like Dale Carnegie said, I think years ago, um, I could be wrong on this, but essentially, you know, help other people get what they want. But I would say not because you want something, but just because that's the right thing to do. You know, I don't know that I've, I always get the spiritual benefit of trying to help someone or something, no matter how it might be received. Meaning sometimes people say, you know, sometimes Scott, you're, you know, you help someone and you're taking advantage of, but I always get the spiritual benefit of being of service. And I think there's nothing that makes someone feel good about themselves is being useful. There's no better nourishment for the soul of, of being useful. I think the, the, the third thing would be, you know, in, in today's world of social media and you see stuff about, you know, embrace the haters and all of this kind of stuff. What I would say to that, my take on all that is, I'm sure there's some people that don't like me, but who cares? But more so flipping it around and saying, you know, the only people I should worry about getting even with are the people who've helped me along the way. Mm. And I picked up that from my friend, Jeff Lanningham, who was who had hired as the president of Real Truck uh, in, in like 07, a friend I knew from college and uh, et cetera, et cetera. But that's essentially, you know, if I can remember that, I need to how sometimes I help the people that help me is by paying it forward. But at the same token, I should give juice to those people. I mean, you mentioned on the real truck thing, real truck would have happened without me having great people around it. I'm a, I'm a pusher. I'm a driver. I'm a guy who's got a rock in his shoe all the time. You know, I'm always thinking I got 8,000 ideas, but you can't execute on 8,000 ideas. Someone's got to quiet that mind and pick a few things. And, get people that compliment you well around you. And uh, so again, I mean, real truck just would not have happened with left to the devices of Scott Benz alone. It was really a, a tribe that did it. And uh, all of the people from uh, across all departments and even the front line. Those are fabulous expert action steps. By the way, we interviewed John King, one of the authors of Tribal Leadership, on the podcast a while ago. So 
uh, I read that book. I'm a big fan of that book. Big fan of John King's incredible, incredible stuff. So it's good to hear you validate that that's, that was an important book in helping you develop your own thinking around this. You know, this podcast aims at helping coaches and consultants primarily and people who are solopreneurs who are looking to grow their business. Many of those people, Scott, to me, they're heroes because they're out there trying to make a difference in people's lives. They bring their expertise and their love and their caring to people. And some of them are successful, but many of them struggle. They get stuck on a plateau and they start to question whether what they have inside them is valuable enough for people to pay them and for them to be successful. They ask that age-old question, am I enough? Do, do I have enough? And my answer to anyone who asks that question of themselves or out loud of me or the world is that, yes, you are enough. You have what it takes and you deserve to be successful. And what you need is you need someone to show you the way. Because if you're trying to do it on your own, and I'm sure you would agree with this, Scott, it, it can be very difficult you need mentors. You need people to show you the way. And that's a big part of what we do at eCircle Academy is we have a methodology that's worked for the majority of the people that have come through our programs to add six to seven figures to their business. And it's a wonderful thing. It, it's, 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 we call it the eCircle success plan. And we're really keen on bringing this to people. Step one of the plan is someone jumps on a call with myself or a member of my team. They go to eCircleAcademy.com forward slash appointment to set up that call. Step two, we help put a plan together for them. We sign them up for our live workshop and online program that go hand in hand. Step three, they get a 90-day plan and they execute it and they start making more money, making a bigger difference and be more useful. I love that phrase that you used. And because they get to do that, you know, they, they, they take care of their business issues, their business grows, they win the respect of their friends and family. There's a lot of people that listen to this podcast who have people telling them, hey, when are you going to stop doing this hobby of yours and get a real job? You know what I mean? And we want them to be able to answer that question saying, hey, I have my real avocation, my real vocation. And we want to show them how to do that. And that's what we're able to do. And we're really grateful to have the opportunity to do this. It's sad that some people don't partake in this because they stay stuck and, and, and they, they, some of them may even give up on their dreams. But our vision, like yours, is to be useful, to make people that listen to this podcast become confident, successful, powerful coaches as a result of listening to this podcast and doing our programs. And it's a joy and an honor to have someone like you here validate so much of what we're trying to do for people. So yes. thank, thank you, you, brother. Yeah, yeah no doubt uh, having a coach and mentor, mentors along the way definitely uh, speeds up the learning curve because it's amazing what you could learn from people. And uh, oftentimes people look at like someone like Henry Ford and think he was out there just blazing the trail, but most people don't know that, you know, he was, he was uh, buddies with Thomas Jefferson. I mean, Edison, yep. they talk, they talk weekly. Right. You can't tell me that didn't impact each of their business. Yeah, so it did. Had to. <laughs> right. And I think that's where some of the things you're doing, I think, is really cool because it exposes people to things that maybe they wouldn't ordinarily be exposed to. Uh, because, again, if you're average day 
average everyday entrepreneur like me from um, North Dakota, you're not going to uh, bump into Bill Gates at the dinner party. <laughs> yeah, Bill Gates isn't there, but you know what? Nikki Ballou and the team, we're here. We're ready to help. And and that's that's awesome. it's a wonderful thing. You, you know, yeah. it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Well, listen, so listener, again, pick up a copy of Scott's book, pick up 10 copies, hand them out to your friends, to your family, to your clients. This man is the real deal. He's got things to share with you. Scott, come back anytime, man. Love to have you on. We can delve into the topics that you uh, are passionate about in a, in a bigger and deeper way. And um, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Nikki. No, it's my pleasure. And that wraps up another episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, go visit thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. Check out the show notes. And if you want to jump on a call with me or a member of my team to help you get past what's blocking you from taking your business and your impact to the next level, go to eastercoleacademy.com forward slash appointment. Book an appointment at a time that works for you. It's absolutely free. It's our privilege and our honor to be, as the great Scott Bin said, useful to you. Thank you, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>